Welcome to this edition of Uptempo Sports 24-7 with Coach P. And before we can begin talking about championship weekend, we have to talk about some real life issues. That being the brutal death of one Tyree Nichols in Memphis, Tennessee. Dr. King said, we shall overcome someday. But it doesn't appear as that that day is anywhere to be seen. Because every time we turn around, we're hearing about some young black man being put to death too soon by the hands of the police. This time, you had 29-year-old Tyrese Nichols succumbing to the brutality of five police officers in Memphis, five African-American police officers. So we can't sit here and say it's only the white cops that are killing black men. This was a black-on-black crime, except for the other people in black wore blue and also wore the shield of protection. The people that we look to for protection in our neighborhoods, patrolling our streets, they're the ones that took the life of this young man. There was no need for this to happen. Why did he get stopped? What preempted the police to stop this man and pull him over? Why did they proceed to pull him out of his car? Why did he feel threatened and he had to run, hoping to run for his safety, only to be tased and then brutally beaten by five police officers? One young man beaten by five police officers. What an act of cowardly injustice. What an act of non-humanitarian. I'm just lost for words. Because this did not have to happen. And until there are laws on the book to get these police officers behind bars or to get these police officers to get the same treatment that we do any other criminal who commits a violent crime, whether that be life in prison or they face the death penalty. Until we enact these type of laws on the books, we're going to continue to talk about and have these situations occurring. And they are occurring far too frequently for us to keep thinking that it's going to go away. I know you all can't see me because I'm over the airwaves, but I'm sitting here shaking my head because 
every time I hear about something like this, I think about my sons. Every time I hear about this, I think about myself. I think about my friends. I think about my brother. I think about anyone whose complexion is like mine. And we're always thinking that it's going to be white police officers. But as we see, it doesn't matter about the color of the police. It just matters about the color of their victims. And we are always black. I hope that justice is served. I hope that these police officers and the EMTs who were on the call and stood by and did nothing. I hope that they are all sent to jail for life. Or like I said, even, especially the police officers, why not make them pay and show an example and let them see the death penalty? Until these crimes of hatred are dealt with with the same consequences for the victims, nothing will be done. Just want to say prayers to this young man's family, to his friends. It didn't have to be this way. But we have as a country, stop shrugging this off. This is serious. This is It should not be tolerated. It doesn't have to be tolerated. We can do something about it. And we have to start doing something about it. Because if we don't, it's going to continue to spiral out of control. I'm going to take a small commercial break. And then we'll be back to talk about what we love to do on this show. And that's talk about sports. This is... Coach P, with your weekend edition of Uptempo Sports, we'll be right back. Ah, uh, yeah, welcome back to Uptempo Sports 24-7, and let's get right into Championship weekend, AFC, NFC, who's going to Super Bowl 57? That will be determined on Sunday afternoon. We are down to the final four. And our first game will feature the NFC. Showdown between the San Francisco 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles. San Francisco coming off of that win against the Dallas Cowboys a week ago. And Philadelphia taking care of the Giants. Now you'll have the matchup that most people have predicted during the middle of the season between these two heavyweights. Classic matchup of teams that are mere images of one another. The defenses are outstanding. Outstanding weapons on offense. 
the only real advantage in this game to me has to be given to the Eagles at the quarterback position. Jalen Hurts, although still not quite 100%, is definitely head and shoulders above seventh round pick Brock Purdy of the San Francisco 49ers. However, let's not discount Mr. Purdy because he has been balling. And it's not even all about the statistics as it is about what he has not done. And that is he has not given the ball away. That is one reason why San Fran is here this weekend in this moment and the Cowboys are at home on their couches because their quarterback, the veteran of the two, Dak Prescott, couldn't help himself by giving it away. Brock Purdy, on the other hand, just followed the script laid out to him by his coach, Kyle Shanahan, and put the ball in the hands of the playmakers on their team and let them do what they do. And so I think this is an intriguing matchup. I still like San Francisco in this game because I like San Fran's defense. Their defense has been pretty much locked down most of the season. I think in the last few games, I think they are averaging a total of giving up only 16 points a game. That is outstanding from any statistical viewpoint. It's not bad what the Eagles have been able to do down the stretch either, but I just like San Fran's defense just a little bit more. I think San Fran has the advantage at the, especially at the linebacker position. I think along the defensive line, they're pretty, pretty even. Um, secondary wise, I'm going to give the push to the Eagles, but San Fran is right there as well. So it's just a matter of who you like. Um, I, like I said, I'm going to go with the 49ers. I think it's going to be an interesting game. I don't think there's going to be as low scoring as a lot of people think. I don't think we'll see another 19 to 12. I look for this game to be in the high 20s. I want to say somewhere between 26 to 24, San Francisco, 27-24. Um should be a really good game, very entertaining game. So that'll be one half of our final four. And then we go into the evening matchup between the Cincinnati Bengals at the Kansas City Chiefs for the AFC decisive game to see who will go on to Super Bowl 57. The one thing that you have to say about the Chiefs over the last five years, is their consistency. Five straight years, they have made it to the AFC Championship game. That's not luck at all, folks. That is perseverance, talent, determination, and organization. It starts with the two main cogs that keeps this wheel turning. We're going to start with Andy Reid. And then, of course, 1-5, number 15, Patrick Mahomes. 
These two are a dynamic duo. And that is why they're in this situation where they could possibly be on the path of reaching their third Super Bowl in five years. I said this last year with Kansas City. I thought that they were on the pathway to another Super Bowl after losing the year before to Tampa Bay. I thought that they were going to be back in the show, but it was not to happen. We know that Patrick Mahomes comes into this game a bit banged up with that high ankle sprain. By all accounts and all reports, it seems like that he is going to be ready to go. And like I said before, the thing about Patrick is, is that he uses his legs to move the pocket. He doesn't use his legs necessarily where he's going to leave the pocket or going to do any Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson type of runs. He eludes the pocket in order to look downfield to make a play with his arms. Now, will he run if it's there? Absolutely. But he is always looking downfield to make a play to his favorite target, Mr. Kelsey, or his new favorite target, Mr. McKinnon, out the backfield. Either way, Kansas City knows that their main guy, their franchise player, is going to be on that field on 6.30 tomorrow evening. And if they have a chance to win, he is going to be the reason why. On the flip side of that, you have the Cincinnati Bengals coming in here to Kansas City with loads of confidence. And you want to know why they have loads of confidence? Is because Joe Burrow is 3-0 against Patrick Mahomes. He has defeated him twice in the regular season and once in the playoffs. It's going to be very spicy in this game because after Cincinnati dismantled Buffalo last weekend, you had their safety, Mr. Hinton, going on the sidelines in Buffalo yelling, we'll see you in Burrowhead. Instead of, we'll see you in Arrowhead, he said, we'll see you in Burrowhead, as in Joe Burrow, as, as, as if this is Joe Burrow's house. The defensive players on Kansas City didn't take too lightly to this. And so we'll see what Chris Jones has to say about this and the rest of their defense when they show up tomorrow against this Cincinnati offense. The one thing Cincinnati can say is that they are not coming into this with out any weapons. They come into this game fully loaded, meaning their quarterback is healthy, Joe Burrow. His offensive line might not be the offensive line that he wanted it to be. But that offensive line, considering they had three offensive linemen down last week, actually stood up and stood out and played a really good game against that Buffalo defense. Can they do the same against Frank Clark and Chris Jones and those guys tomorrow? 
is going to be the test. We know that Joe Mixon is going to show up. We know that he has weapons on the outside with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. The question is, will he have the same amount of time in the snow that he had last week? Will he have that this week against a motivated Kansas City Chiefs team? I hate that these two teams are playing against each other because I love both quarterbacks on this team. Both of these quarterbacks are worth the price of admission to go see. We seem like that we're having a revised rivalry of probably, what, 20 years ago when we had Peyton Manning and Tom Brady doing this. Now we have the, the new young guns who are starting this up, and it looks like they're going to be going back and forth with this rivalry for a while. I don't see either one of these two teams taking any big dips anytime soon with the amount of talent that they're surrounding their quarterbacks with, with the way the coaching has been done on both sides of the ball for both of these teams. I think these are the teams that you'll see in the AFC for years to come. Unfortunately, we'd have to make a pick in this game. And I know Joe Burrow is the dude. But Patrick Mahomes is that dude. And I don't see Kansas City unless something unfortunate happens to Patrick in this game. I don't see Andy Reid and this Kansas City Chiefs team taking another nosedive two years in a row from getting to the Super Bowl. So I'm going to roll with Kansas City in this game. If Cincinnati did win, I would not be surprised. And I'm not trying to straddle the fence here, but I have to keep it 100 because both of these teams are capable of winning this game. I'm just going to give the edge to Patrick Mahomes because, like I said, I just don't see Patrick losing back-to-back -back AFC championship games. They really should have won this game last year. I think that they got a little arrogant. Especially if you remember right before the half, they had a chance to tack on more more points. Instead of them kicking the field goal, they tried to get greedy, tried to go for the touchdown. They were not able to complete the mission. And when the second half started, it was almost as if they gave Cincinnati motivation. And they gave them another opportunity. And Cincinnati kicked in the door and took advantage of it. So I don't see Kansas City doing that. Tomorrow, I think this is going to be a high-scoring affair. I like Kansas City in this game, 31-27. And so, my predictions in the NFC, like I said, are the San Francisco 49ers. And in the AFC, I chose the Kansas City Chiefs. We should have two dynamic games set up for us on championship Sunday and I don't have a horse in this race. I'm just hoping to enjoy two really good fundamental football games played by four teams that out of the that out of the four, any two of these teams on each side of the ball or each side of the conference, anybody could be the winner in this game.
So I think just stay tuned. If you have a team that you like in this game, good luck to you. Like I said, I'm sitting on the outside looking in because I'm a Cowboy fan. So I really don't have anybody in particular, especially in the NFC. I'm just I just like San Francisco's defense. But um, I'm definitely rooting for Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. But like I said, if Cincinnati wins, I am not going to be disappointed. Either way, I think that we're going to have fabulous games on Sunday. And then whoever the winners are, I think that we're going to have a really great Super Bowl in Arizona for Super Bowl 57. So we're going to take another break. And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little round ball. That's right. We're going to talk about the NBA and what um, Dame Lillard, Dame time. Let's check into what he's doing. This is Uptempo Sports 24-7. Thank you again for joining us. We'll be right back. Ah, uh, yeah, I know what time it is. Do you know what time it is? Check the time. Uh, 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 uh. It's Dame time. That's right, Dame Lillard. That guy, that dude of the Portland Trailblazers has done it again. Damian Lillard scored 60 points on January 25th to help the Portland Trailblazers defeat the Utah Jazz. It's not like Dame hasn't scored 60 points before. This is his fourth time, I'm sorry, this is his fourth time in his career where he's had a 60-point game. The difference in all the other times is when he hit 60 points in this game, he also set an NBA efficiency record. That was he scored 60 points on 29 attempts let that sink in this man scored 60 points on 29 attempts let this other factor sink in of the 60 points he scored 20 straight points himself in the third quarter so we got a 60 point game we have the most efficient 60-point game in NBA history. And then we also had Dane score 20 straight points in a quarter. 21 for 29. 9 for 15 from the three-point strike. 9 of 10 from the free throw line. Not only did he drop 60, he also had seven rebounds and eight assists. But we always want to say some about some of these players. Why do they get paid as much as they get? Why does Dame stay in Portland? Why didn't he leave? 
to go somewhere else where he has a better chance of winning the championship. This goes to show you how much Dame loves the city of Portland. Because believe me, any team would want Damian Lillard on it that's trying to strive for a championship. And it's not like Dame is not trying to strive. It's hard to get free agents to come to Portland, Oregon. Dame has showed his loyalty to this franchise. And I know you'll sit there and say, well, they're paying him loads of money. Well, I think that he's earned that money from the franchise. He's also earned the right to decide that if he wanted to stay and finish his career in Portland, he's earned that right. He has been a star since the day he was drafted out of Weber State for the Portland Trailblazers. He has never shuffled his feet about wanting to leave Portland. He's always said that he wanted to make Portland his first and last stop. He's always said that he wanted to bring a title back to the Trailblazers. It's on the organization to continue to try to get players and pieces around this phenomenal talent that they have. But Dame Lillard is worth the price of admission, and he does not disappoint at all. I hope one day I am able to see Dame live and in person. And I hope that when that day comes, I get one of these type of performances because I'm sure that the fans were just out of their seats watching him put on this fantastic shooting exhibition. We talk about the greatness of Steph. We've talked about the greatness of Clay and what he's done in some games in his NBA career where he scored 30-some-odd points in a quarter. Folks, how many threes did Clay have? We've seen his barrage. We've seen Steph, the chef. But folks, when you talk about the Splash Brothers, please believe you need to mention Dame in that same category because he is just not a pure scorer. Dame can shoot that rock. We talk about Steph's depth of where he shoots the ball at on the floor. Dame is right there. If they're not even, then Chef, is, Chef Curry is only leaving by maybe a half a step. But Dame is right there. We need to appreciate when you see a player dedicate himself to his craft and to the team that drafted him with his loyalty. That's what we're seeing with Damian Lillard. Salute. While we're on the NBA, let's talk about the return of Anthony Davis to the Los Angeles Lakers. AD, in his first game back, he came off the bench. After missing 20 games, he came off the bench, put up a double-double. 21 points, 12 rebounds in 26 minutes. That's some efficiency right there, too, in a Laker win. The Lakers can't go anywhere unless Anthony Davis can stay healthy to play along with LeBron. That's just plain and simple. If you don't have a healthy AD, the Lakers, even if they got into the play-in game, are going to be one and done. So if you want to see the Lakers be successful, 
you got to keep your fingers crossed, your toes crossed, that Anthony Davis can sustain his health. And LeBron also, as we go down the stretch, with the number of minutes that he's been playing, that he can sustain himself and that both of these people, both of these players can combine their greatness on the same stage for the Lakers to be able to make a push for the playoffs. I want to talk about um, something that I that really didn't meant to say it a couple of days ago, but um, it slipped slipped my mind. But I wanted to bring that up before we continue on our basketball topic. I want to talk about Shannon Sharp. We talked about the incident between Shannon Sharp and the Memphis Grizzlies that occurred last week. We talked about the words that were exchanged between Dylan Brooks of the Memphis Grizzlies, Shannon Sharp, um, the altercation um, with a um, few of the Memphis players, John Morant stepped up, um, Stephen Adams, um, to the credit of security uh, at the Lakers arena, no blows were exchanged no one had to be escorted out but i thought that shannon sharp on his instagram page i thought that he proved just how big of a man we know physically how big he is hall of famer shannon sharp but he showed how big of a man he is when it came to him accepting the responsibility in his part of what could have been a more potentially serious event that occurred during the basketball game, or I should say at the half of the basketball game. So when you see things like this, you know, we're always quick to want to point out somebody else's faults or when somebody says or does something that is negative or derogatory. In this case, I wanted to point out something that was done that was positive that that didn't really have to be done on this stage he really didn't have to do this but he did and so i want to give a shout out to shannon shop because a lot of people wouldn't have taken this high road and said you know what i was at fault just as much as 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 dylan Brooks was at fault i was just as much at fault because like shannon said he could have he could have toned it down. He could have squashed this. But, you know, in the heat of a battle, in the heat of a competition, although he wasn't playing, which, of course, you know, everybody knows that he's a big Lakers fan or a bigger fan of LeBron. So, you know, and because he is a former athlete himself, we all have done trash talking at some point, whether you are playing or you've been in the stands um, at a game, you may have said something to somebody. And, you know, it's just a matter of you trying to back it up. So to me, Shannon is backing up his trash talking with something even bigger 
And that is an apology for allowing this situation to get to that point. So I'm applauding him for what he's doing or what he did, I should say. And I think that we all sometimes can be at fault. It's just a matter of we're willing to accept what we've done and move forward with it. And I think his apology is what he wanted to bring about so that he could move forward and that this would not be something that would linger. And so I salute the man they call Unc, the Hall of Famer himself, number 84, Shannon Sharp. Salute. We're going to take another small commercial break, and then we're going to come back and wrap up this episode of Championship Weekend here on Uptempo Sports. Once again, we thank you for joining us. We'll be back in a second. Thank you. Right, welcome back to Uptempo Sports 24-7, the weekend edition with Coach P. And as we get ready to depart from this weekend's podcast, I thought that this song by Kumo D would be appropriate for our next topic. And that is North Carolina center and new record holder for... The most double-doubles in North Carolina history and the most rebounds in North Carolina history. One, Armando Baycock. Do you all understand the history of the North Carolina Tar Heels? Do you understand the great players that have come through that program from the likes of Sam Perkins, Rasheed Wallace, Tyler Hansborough, Billy Cunningham, just to name a few, at those particular positions. And the reason I I said those guys, because all those guys were on a list at some point, or still on a list at some point, of having the most rebounds, having being on the list of having a lot of rebounds in their collegiate career at Carolina and on the list for double-doubles. Armando Baycock in one game, Got both of those records. The first record, the most double-doubles in North Carolina history was held by Billy Cunningham. That's right, All-American Billy Cunningham, the same Billy Cunningham that coached the Philadelphia 76ers, held that record for, I think it was almost, man, how many years? 30-plus? 40-plus years, he had 60 double-doubles to his credit. In the NC State game that North Carolina won, Armando Baycock surpassed him with 61. 
when he got his 61st double-double to now sit at the top of the record books for North Carolina. Not only did he break that record, he turned around and broke the record held by Tyler Hansborough for the most rebounds in North Carolina history. We know Tyler Harrisboro was one of the most proficient and all-time great, not only Carolina players, but college basketball players. Tyler Hansborough had a hell of a career in college and at UNC. So just want to reach out and send a big salute to my man Armando Baycock for those Carolina Tar Heels. What a great accomplishment. He's been in and out of the lineup this year with uh, ankle issues and a shoulder injury. Remember, uh, if not for that injury in the national championship game last year against Kansas, maybe Carolina was able to hold on and cut the nets down. But after injuring that ankle in the second half, it became a different ball game. Not only for Armando, but also for the Carolina Tar Heels against those Jayhawks. So, just want to say congratulations to that young man. Continued success through your not only your Carolina career, but um, hopefully your pro career that you aspire to, to have. While we're on college basketball, on a sad note, we want to send a... Uh, level of respect out and condolences to the family of Billy Packer, the longtime college basketball analyst and ACC broadcaster, passed away at the age of 82. Remember, Billy Packer played at uh, Wake Forest, was a pretty good ball player at Wake Forest back in the day, but he was an even better broadcaster. There were some stains on his resume from some things that happened, um, some things that were said during the course of his career, later in, in later in his career, but that should not overshadow the greatness that he brought and the um, the insight that he brought when he broadcast basketball games. He, if I'm not mistaken, had 38 straight final fours that he was on the call for that is remarkable he received awards for top uh, sports broadcaster um he was he was that guy you know he was that guy if you you know before there was uh dickie v it was billy packer now he doesn't have the same he didn't have the same um What's the word I should use? He didn't display the same joy and and excitement that we get with Dickie V. Dickie V is like a little kid in the candy shop. But what Billy Packer did give you was all the X's and O's and the insight to uh, the game as if he was coaching the game through his broadcast. So there's different ways in which you can deliver the same message and even if he may have been a little bit more stern and maybe not as excitable 
and as entertaining from a personality standpoint as we get with Dickie V. He still brought so much information to us, those who watch college basketball, those who love college basketball, couldn't talk about college basketball and not talk about Billy Packer. So just want to say to his family, our condolences, rest in peace to one of the uh, best to ever do it. And with that being said, we just want to say thank you for tuning in to Uptempo Sports, the weekend edition. I am your host, Coach P. I hope everybody has a great weekend. I hope you enjoy championship weekend. I think we're going to have some very, very competitive and down-to-the-wire games. And the NBA is definitely set on fire now. Forgot to mention the fact that you had the Lakers uh, and the Boston Celtics going at it tonight. We'll see um, how much of an impact AD can make in this game. See if the Lakers can get high to get on a little run. But uh, we want everybody to be safe. We want everybody to enjoy your weekend. And as we always say when we depart this place, peace and blessings. Thank you for joining us.